0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. This is Wednesday within the octave of Easter. He, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about I'm you? reporting,
1: yes. Terry Barber, the Lebanese love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm honored in this week, what we call the octave of Easter, to proclaim the true meaning of Easter. That's one of our topics. That's a great topic for today. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, this... Uh, suicide that's going on culturally around the world How some countries are talking about mandatory suicide when you get to a certain age or maybe you're suffering too much like certain countries in europe are doing uh they're they're doing that and also uh jesse i want to also just report we talked about the violence that churches are receiving around the country I, know, I think you have. I know I've been at this parish in San Bernardino, Our Lady of Guadalupe Church.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and Corona. I've, I've spoken mm. at that parish yes. many times, and so have you. Well, on April 1st, some knucklehead came into the church and destroyed the Our Lady of Guadalupe statue that was in the church.
0: Unbelievable. So
1: this is going on. I, did, I, I would have included that if I'd have known about it, but it just happened just last week. So, this is continuing to go on, and good to know file Jess. this is always good to hear a prominent Anglican bishop is being received into the Catholic Church, and he was the potential future Archbishop of canterbury <laughs> and hes he says no i 'm not going to stay here any longer i got i'm going to go to the apostolic Church, the Catholic Church, so that's good news also, for your need to know file, our good friend um arch uh, And I say this because he's been at family conferences. Uh, Bishop Burke, Cardinal Burke, wrote a letter to the German faithful and to the priests. And it's worthwhile reading. So if you get a chance to read that, it would be edifying because he's basically calling them out and also calling the lay people to make reparation and praying for their leaders in the church because the leaders basically have left them with nothing. In other words, they've compromised That's what I have for the good-to-know file, Jess. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, Terry, a couple things I want to mention is that um, as Catholics, Mm -hmm. uh, Easter Sunday is the most important day for us as Catholics in the liturgical year. Why? As St. Paul said... If Christ is not risen, our faith is in vain. Nothing, nothing would absolutely matter. Sacraments, mass devotions, processions, a holy hour. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, this day is huge or this week. In fact, it's so huge that for us as Catholics, it takes us a week to celebrate it. (laughs) A whole week, a whole eight days. And and the number eight for, for the Jews means... The beginning of the new covenant, uh, be- the beginning of a new era, eternal life. So eight is, is a very significant day in the Bible. And for us as Catholics, yes, the resurrection gives us new life. It gives us a new covenant. And that's why it takes us eight days to take it all in, Terry, because it's so magnanimous.
1: Absolutely. And Jesse, I know later in the week we're going to talk about mercy, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday coming up. And kind of get people prepared to get the confession and and receive Holy Communion and be you know go to be in a, in a state of grace at that Sunday liturgy. So that's something we're going to be talking about later. Anything else before we get the soul food? Jess? Any other good to no file information?
0: Uh, no, Terry. That's okay. it. Let's uh, let's get soul other, other food, that, brother. What we well, we've already talked about again. Yeah. Uh, this the. I'm, I'm glad that this is out in the open. Yeah, that the FBI has oh, been yeah. infiltrating Catholic churches. It's,
1: it's a fact. Okay?
0: That that's communism.
1: Yeah.
0: that's communism. What the FBI is doing, and notice, I just want to just just kind of note something here, Terry. Notice that they're not they're not uh, targeting evangelical churches, Protestant churches, yeah. mega churches. No, yeah. they know, Terry. The FBI, who at this time, at this point in time in history, it's woke. And it's a, it's a branch of communism right now in, the, in America. Uh, the FBI right now, they know who to target. They know which church represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's chilling to see, th- thanks be to a leaker, that we now have. And, and thanks could be really to Representative Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, uh, he's a target. Jim man. Jordan, Terry. I saw we, that. We, ha- we have the actual letters of the FBI uh, as a result of Jim Jordan's dogged investigation and so uh, if, if any of you ever see Jim Jordan out in a restaurant or in public, don't let him pay for his meal.
1: And Jesse, this isn't the first time I've got a document in my hands and I know you have this copy of what the FBI's investigation of of uh, listening and uh, checking uh, Fulton J. Sheen out because of his uh, contact with the communists and trying to he, he was basically converting communists to become Catholic. And this is the Federal Bureau or Bureau, for whatever reason, anti-Catholic Time at that time, the government wanted to check and see what Sheen was doing, and these are all the letters that were typed on old typewriters from the FBI. So nothing new, Jesse. We're we're back at it again. It's it's I call it anti-Catholicism in a government, and we're here again having it now.
0: All without right. a doubt, without a doubt, the FBI uh, the FBI has been infiltrated by oh, yeah. communists. Yes, we've been warned by Bella Dodd. We've right. been warned. Uh, by the, the book, "The Naked Communist" by Leon yeah. Klaus. Yeah. We've been warned, Terry. Uh, you know, by uh, by by so many other people oh, yeah. that this would happen, and we're seeing it right now in living color.
1: Well, let's get some soul food because that's the greatest thing we can offer you, folks.
0: Yes, sir. Luke chapter. Yep. Twenty four verses thirteen to yep. thirty five. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Mm. <clears throat> and the word of God says this. Yes. That very day. The first day of the week, by the way, the first day of the week is Sunday in biblical Hebrew. That's Sunday. Two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. Just want to make a a comment. If you notice, all the resurrection appearances of Jesus Christ in the New Testament all happen on Sunday. That's why in Catholicism... Sunday is always the day of resurrection it's always a day of celebration even during lent uh there is no lent on sunday it's always the day of resurrection the bible goes on to say and it happened that while they were conversing and debating jesus himself drew near and walked with them but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him again that shows the divinity of jesus christ because he's God, he can prevent you, even though he's standing in front of you, he can prevent you from seeing him. Uh, either he becomes invisible or he takes another form or uh, or, he, or, or he just prevents your eyes from seeing uh, the reality of what's in front of you. Why can Jesus do this? Because he's God. Amen. It goes on to say, he asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped looking downcast. That means depressed. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place here in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word, before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. So who's the one that went after Jesus? The establishment, the deep state, the Jewish deep state goes on to say here. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported That they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. By the way, the tradition of the Catholic Church is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. The Bible says, Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther, but they urged him, stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. By the way, there's a famous prayer called stay with us written by St. Padre Pio. It's a prayer to fight depression. It's called Stay With Us. It's on the internet. And it comes from the words of Christ. So he went so he went in to stay with them, and it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. Notice, he replicated the Last Supper, yep. the words of institution. And he says, With that, their eyes were open, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So Jesus gave these two disciples a a study of salvation history in the Old Testament, the 456 prophecies of Christ. Jesus Christ was taking these prophecies and explaining them in light of himself, in light of of, of his person, that he was the fulfillment of these 456 Jewish prophecies in the Old Testament. Then it says, so they set out at once and and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those and those with them who were saying, "The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon." Then the two recounted what had been taken place on the way, and and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread, the gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Jesus Christ. Uh, they understood that that was Christ at the Eucharistic prayers. That's when their eyes were open and they said, This is Jesus that was speaking to us on the road to Emmaus, and this is Jesus right here in the institution of the Eucharist. Nothing's changed. The
1: same Jesus. Hey, when we come back, we'll get Bolt and Sheen, and then we'll get right into our article, The True Meaning of Easter, here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, Emma. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I want to bring the smartest guy into the room who's Archbishop. Full Sheen ahead. Jess, I didn't tell you this, but we put a new picture of Bishop Sheen in our Sacred Heart Chapel. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, that's a that's we're just really pushing hard to get him beatified. Jesse, I was gonna use this quote yesterday when we were talking about COVID and how we're scared of that and how we found out, you know, obviously what what the experts thought was gonna happen didn't happen. But here's what Bishop Sheen has to say, and this applies to anything that any worldly leader is going to try and scare us with. He says, "An overemphasis on the temporal security is a compensation for the loss of a sense of eternal security." if that doesn't describe COVID-19. Yes, I said it. Mm-hmm. COVID-19. The fear people had that they were going to die from this, from this, from having COVID-19. The fear. And what that was, and and even you know in the, in the church was this overemphasis of the temporal over the eternal, and I think that that is indicative of the church right now. We need to have the supernatural lens on right now, rather than you know playing well. This is the this is planet Earth, and this is all we see. I just find the church letting people down when we uh, succumb to this false fear of death, because Jesse. We we shouldn't be fearful of dying because last time I looked, brother, nobody gets out alive. We're all going to have to face it. Why can't we face it with faith?
0: That's the only way to face it. If if you don't face it with faith, you're going to face it in sheer horror. Exactly. And I mean, I mean horror. Yeah.
1: All right, brother. What the true meaning of Easter? Tr- what a yes, great sir.
0: Article. The resurrection represents the eternal and definitive triumph of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The complete defeat of his adversaries. Yeah. And the supreme argument of our faith. St. Paul said that if Christ had not resurrected, our faith would be in vain. Yep. The whole edifice of our beliefs is founded on the supernatural fact of the resurrection. Let us then meditate upon this highly elevated subject. Christ, our Lord, was not resurrected. He resurrected. There's a distinction there. He. Go ahead. He was dead. Lazarus was resurrected. (laughs) Someone other than him, in in this case, our Lord, called him back to life. As for the divine redeemer, no one resurrected him. He resurrected himself. Needing no one to call him back to life, he took his life back when he so willed it. Everything that is said about our Lord Mm -hmm. can analogically be applied to the Holy Catholic Church. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. We often see in the history of the church that precisely when she seemed irremediably lost and all the symptoms of catastrophe seemed to undermine her, (laughs) events took place that kept her alive against all the expectations of her adversaries, like right now. Exactly. A rather curious fact is that sometimes (laughs) it is the church's enemies that come to her aid rather than her friends. For example... In a most sensitive time period for for Catholicism, like Napoleon's era, an extremely unusual episode took place. A conclave was convened for the election of Pius VII under the protection of Russian troops, all of them schismatic and under the command of a schismatic sovereign. (laughs) Isn't this incredible? In Russia itself, the practice of the Catholic religion was curbed in a thousand ways, yet in Italy, Russian troops ensured the free election of a sovereign pontiff precisely at the moment when a vacancy in the See of Peter would have caused such grievous damages for the Holy Church that, humanly speaking, she might never have been able to overcome them. Terry?
1: Well, such are the marvelous means that divine providence employs to demonstrate that God has the supreme government of all things. However, let us not think that the Church owed her salvation to Constantine... Charlemagne, John of Austria, or the Russian troops. Even when she seems to be entirely abandoned and when she lacks the most indispensable natural resources for survival, let us be certain that the Holy Church will not die. Like our Lord, she will rise with her own divine strength. And the more inexplicable the seemingly resurrection of the churches may be from the human standpoint, we say seemingly because unlike our Lord, the church will never die a real death. The more glorious her victory will be. Jess, let's talk about these murky days that we're in right now. Continue, please.
0: Yeah, and these murky and sad days, yeah. let us thus confide, however, yeah. in order to restore all things in the kingdom of Christ. Let us confide not in this or that power, this or that man or ideological current, but in divine providence, which will... Once again, force the sea to open wide, move mountains, and cause the whole earth to tremble if necessary to fulfill the divine province, which is the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Jess, let me just jump in and
1: say, I've had many calls this week from our listeners who have had some horrible things in their life and their family, you know, with the destruction of their family, uh, kids uh, just going off the deep end. And they come to us, and I know you get these too, and they say, what can I do? And that's when I tell them, live holy lives, pray, make sacrifice for your husband who did such horrible things to you, the children that are running wild right now. Pray, and don't lose hope, and focus on your relationship with Christ right now because, humanly speaking, it's a mess. I get that. But what you raise it up on the supernatural, you be like St. Monica and pray Like, it all depends on you. My point to saying this is so many people say, the church is a mess. Oh, yeah. In our own lifetime, Jess, of course, it's the worst we've had in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. But you know what? In church history, we have a lot of times where uh, the church looks really sad in the sense that it's operations, and then saints are raised up. And I want to encourage our listeners to be the saint that's going to affect the church in a positive way, because we're just little people. We're not... You know, we're not the A team as Jess calls it. We're the B team. We're the guys in the in the stands praying, making sacrifices. But I'll tell you, the things that we can do have eternal value.
0: Yeah, a couple of things I want to mention on this article is that yeah, hit me. M- most people don't realize as Catholics they, because not everything that happened in the life of Jesus is recorded in the Bible. Yeah. We know that because the Bible tells us in John twenty one twenty five. Not everything that Jesus said and did is in the Bible. Right. Here's something that we have from sacred tradition yeah. and that most people don't realize is that Jesus post-resurrection appeared to marry his mother first. That's
1: right.
0: Secretly. Who says this? Uh, St. Anselm, the first Catholic doctor of the church, he says that Jesus secretly appeared to the Blessed Virgin Mary before funny. he appeared to St. Mary Magdalene. Yep. Who else teaches this? St. Ignatius of Loyola. Yep. Who else teaches this? Doctor of the Church, St. Teresa of Avila. Who else teaches this? Uh, stigmatic, Stigmatist and mystic, Blessed Catherine of Emmerich. Who else teaches this? Uh, visionary and mystic, blessed Mary of a her body, whose body's been incorrupt for 350 years. Uh, These are, who also teach this more recently? Saint John Paul II. Also said that Christ appeared to his mother first of all. Uh, And then uh, one from history, you got a fifth century author called Sedulius from the East. He says that in the splendor of his risen life, Christ first showed himself to his mother. So this is an Eastern tradition as well. He says, In fact, she, who at the Annunciation was the way he entered the world, was called to spread the marvelous news of the resurrection in order to become the herald of his glorious coming. Thus bathed in the glory of the risen one, she anticipates the church's splendor. And again, John Paul II, as I said, he said this in May 21st, 1997, St. John Paul II. He said this, quote, It is legitimate to believe that the mother may really have been the first person to whom the risen Jesus Christ appeared. And so, again, I've named you seven giants in church history. And there's more, but these are seven giants in church history that say it is our lady who was appeared to our, by our Lord Jesus Christ first before Mary Magdalene. The Bible doesn't record that because the Bible doesn't record everything. That's why.
1: And if I can add Joe Sixpacks view, as the fourth commandment honor thy father and thy mother, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ perfectly lived out the 10 commandments. So doesn't it make sense that when he resurrected that he would honor his mother? I that that's my. I haven't heard anybody say that, Jess. But yeah. that's that's you know that's Joe, That's my apologetic background. That's the
0: blue. That's the blue collar <laughs> uh, argument. Yeah, she, yeah, he
1: he honored the Blessed Mother, right?
0: So yes.
1: he went to yes. see her. Okay.
0: And again, as I've said, uh, you know, in the first segment is that uh, Venerable Mar- Venerable Mary Agreda yeah. in the mystical city of God, who was this was dictated by the Blessed Virgin Mary to her. She wrote it down. Mm-hmm. She says that quote: "The divine soul of Christ, our Redeemer." remained in limbo of the fathers from half past three of a friday afternoon until after 3 a.m of the sunday morning following during this hour he returned to the sepulcher as the victorious prince of the angels and of the saints wow so uh yeah that's that that's, uh, that's and far. also something interesting that people don't realize Tell us. Science talks about the resurrection of Christ. I've got two articles here, one from Newsmax, one from the Daily Mail. I've had them here for a while. Mm -hmm. But both these articles say something on a scientific level. After studying the Shroud of Turin, scientists say that the energy that it took to produce the image of the man on the Shroud of Turin... It would be equal to all the electrical power generated in the world today. Isn't that incredible? In other words, scientists are stunned. As they study (laughs) the Shroud of Turin, they say that this burial cloth, it showed radiation burst. The radiation burst was equal to all the energy produced on planet Earth. Another article that says here about the Shroud of Turin from scientists, it says the, the Turin Shroud, was created by a flash of supernatural light, there's no way it could be a medieval forgery. Terry?
1: Wow. Well, Jesse, uh, that's just the facts. And, you know, this whole true meaning of Easter that we're talking about, I want to just encourage everybody because we're coming up with divine mercy coming up on Sunday. And later in the week, we'll talk a little bit about preparing for for just that. But yeah. can you imagine the graces that are going to be coming this weekend? And it all comes from the blood of Christ. It all comes from the crucifixion, that Christ's sacrifice opened the, the gates of, of heaven. Without Christ's sacrifice, none of this would be possible. And I just think that when we're at Mass, keep it in mind— that we are at that one eternal sacrifice, that we have the Easter tritium that we just celebrated. It's all there at every Mass. The life, death, and resurrection of Christ. We're present. And I think that we have to stay focused on that because right now the world, the devil, and the flesh are trying to get us distracted to think about all these other issues when really what's most important in our life is our relationship with Christ and how we can live and die a holy death.
0: Do, Terry do you notice that nobody ever calls Jesus Christ the late great Jesus you know why <laughs> yeah we, we you never use that phrase we say the late great George Washington sure. Abraham Lincoln Good point we never say the late great Jesus you know why because he's alive
1: you got it well said hey up next is it mandatory mass suicide for the elderly the future in this world wow I hope not, but we'll talk about that and much more here on the Terry and Jesse show stay with us family Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, this article is really incredible because again shows the, <laughs> the yeah. Well, it is because but everybody doesn't seem to th- realize that life is short and eternity is forever, and they just they really just think that we're like dogs or cats yeah, or, or sheep that we just hear and then nothing else. Oh, we go to sleep and we die. You know what? There's some rude awakening. This article says is mandatory mass suicide for the elderly. The future, hit it, Jess. <laughs> wow, are you, I mean, is this microphone on? I mean, <laughs> yeah. hey, Jesse, when you when you reach seventy-five, guess what? You have us, we, you do the, us all a favor and check out and commit suicide so that we don't have to put up with you anymore. See. This is what's what's happening, Jess. This article will demonstrate
0: it. Yeah, it's, it's, called, it's called John Paul II called the culture of death. Yeah, we we and, we, we, and, and yeah. we are smack dab in. And
1: that we can kill the unborn. Doesn't it make sense? We can kill the longborn. Continue, and, Jess. Let's yeah. get the
0: article. So, as individuals and nations rapidly advance along a path completely divorced from reality, we call this the culture of death. How human life is understood and valued is becoming increasingly apparent. As calls emerge to murder those who are deemed a hindrance. Mm. You're in the way, Grandma. This has been evidenced for decades now by the practice of abortion. You're in the way, baby. What? Country after country has fallen prey to the ideology that unborn babies need to be slaughtered to somehow bring happiness, personal freedom, or fulfillment to men and women in society. Indeed. If a nation allows its citizens to dismember and murder their unborn at will, then it cannot be described in any other manner than being in a moral decline, a freefall. Yep. Yet, as if the relentless murder of the unborn was not enough, those resolved on advancing the culture of death have turned their sights in recent years to the elderly. Of course, mm. makes sense. The old and infirm apparently now merit the same description as the murdered unborn. They are deemed annoying, without any purpose, a drain on human resources, and ultimately are in the way. These keywords form the ideological groundwork of each and every argument by which activists propose new ways to advance euthanasia or assisted suicide. Let
1: me just jump in. What do you see here? You see someone here with zero faith they have no concept of redemptive suffering. No. They no. they they don't see anything other than what's in front of their hand and they go, you know what? If I'm not having pleasure, I'm done. Kill me. I want to die. Because I I my purpose in life is really just to have pleasure. Mm-hmm. And this is the culture we're living in. And this is why we have to proclaim Jesus Christ louder today and to show that every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Jesse, this, this Japanese man, why don't you talk a little about about what he's been doing in Japan and other parts of the country? This is really sad what's happening here. Go ahead.
0: A recent case that has shocked those who still value human life yeah. is that of the 37-year-old Japanese man Yusuke Narati. Uh, actually Narita. Narita. Narita, yeah. Narita is an assistant professor of economics at Yale University a position he has held since 2013. Recently, comments he made in a 2021 video interview resurfaced online, which led to Professor Narita earning media infamy overnight. Responding to a question about how to handle Japan's demographic issues, Dr. Narita stated, I feel like the only solution is pretty clear. In the end, isn't it mass suicide and mass seppuku of the elderly? Seppuku is the brutal custom of ritual suicide, of disemboweling followed by decapitation. Unbelievable. Well, that's, that's a nice way to get rid of your grandparents. Yeah. Born out of the samurai practice, ritual suicide was deemed more honorable than allowing oneself to be defeated in battle and thus fall into the hands of enemies. The practice is more widely known as Harry Carey. Think of World War II, the kamikazes.
1: Yes. Go ahead.
0: But this was not the only instance in which the Yale-based academic advocated for eugenis- eugenistic policies. In a different lecture to school students delivered last year, Dr. Narita expanded on his euthanasia ideas. He referred to the 2019 Swedish horror film *Midsummer* in which members of a Swedish cult commit, commit suicide by jumping off of a cliff. The cult members committed suicide at age 72, believing it to be an honor. Yeah, jumping off a cliff is honor, yeah. right? Well. Uh, Dr. Narita said, whether that's a good thing or not, that's a more difficult question to answer. <laughs> so if you think that's good, then maybe you could work hard towards creating a society like that. Wow, the yeah. ignorance here—it really and this is. is a, a, a Yale PhD goes to show you. I'm—I'm going to say it. I'm going to get people are going to get upset with me. Say it, yes, I know. The, stu- the stupidest people yeah. I've ever met have college degrees. Yeah, I said it. Now, does it mean everybody? Obviously, I no. got a college degree, yeah. but I'm saying, in, in generally speaking, the stupidest people I've ever met that say the stupidest things on planet Earth have a college degree. Okay, that's it. That's not that doesn't mean everybody, obviously, you know, but but generally speaking, that's what I find to be the case. Okay, A third instance involved the academic raising the possibility of mandatory suicide in the future. An eventuality appearing to echo the Swedish horror film, the possibility of making it mandatory in the future will come up in discussion. Dr. Narita said in another interview. (laughs) This is sick. As noted by the New York Times, Dr. Narita has passed relatively unnoticed in the U.S. until now. He's amassed a large following among Japanese nationals and has nearly 600,000 followers on Twitter. There's another doctor, uh, a a columnist called Masato Fujusaki. He said, quote, this statement should not be easily viewed as a metaphor. Hmm. What is more serious is the fact that his comments have been accepted by the other performers of the program who are present at the event, close quote. Dr. Narita comments, his comments welcomed by interviewers, but they represented a growing trend of thought in Japan. Dr. Narita said the following, quote, more and more people have a desire to, to cut off those who may be a burden or are a, or are a burden to them. Yeah, because we're
1: focusing on the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. Continue, Jess.
0: Following the media storm surrounding his comments, the Yale academic, Dr. Narita, attempted to backtrack somewhat. He wants to backpedal here. Yeah. Informing the New York Times that the term, quote, mass suicide and mass seppuku, close quote, were just an abstract metaphor. In other words, I didn't mean it. Yeah. I uh, just kind of yeah. I sh- he said I should have been more careful about their potential negative connotations after some self-reflection. I stopped using the same words last year said Dr. Narita. Yeah, he got smacked in the nose Terry. So he's going to change his language. Yeah, but he still true. he still believes in the philosophy.
1: Of course Jesse yeah. this article and, and again, I want you to continue but it really just shows the culture of death that St. John Paul II talked about and again, why Why we proclaim life? I mean, it's been six months since Roe v.ersus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. Thousands of babies have been born because of that law being repealed and being, giving them life. Can you imagine what's going on on the short end? Yeah, the little babies, and then on, on, the, on the elderly. I have a, a sister, I mean, my wife's sister, who had, who had a stroke, and she's been in bed for two years. She's a very devout Catholic. She hears mass she's in bed she's offering her prayers and sacrifices. She understands you know suffering and uniting you know redemptive suffering and I think about that. they would say to her, "Your life is useless because oh, yeah. you can't do anything and here she is offering her life and prayers for the holy mother of the church I mean I'm just saying that's personal because it's part of our family i i i'm I'm to me I just think of the world saying is 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 this is a waste of time. Pull the plug, and our faith says no 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 no. We're not the authors of life. This is where we become like self gods, Jesse. And this whole euthanasia movement and abortion movement—it's all about you know, like I said, me myself and I. But it's also about having control of everything in life that I get to. Be I, I, if I get to if I want to die I have a right to pull the plug. You know you don't because I'll tell you what that is.
0: It's a violation it, of the. The fifth mortal sin.
1: I'll just say if you know that exactly. It's, Go ahead.
0: It's tell. in the fifth commandment. Yeah, you can't thou kill thou yourself. Thou suicide, suicide is is part of the fifth commandment. Thou shall not k- commit murder. That's right. And that also includes yourself, Terry. And just to show you that the left, the woke left, thinks that that killing is an answer to all problems. Go uh, I've got an article here that in Ontario, Canada. Oh yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've the funeral businesses over there. They've invented a machine. You put a dead body in the machine. It dissolves the dead body. It turns it into liquid. Yeah. And then they put it into the sewer system. Yeah. And so they're saying this is good for the uh, the the ecology. This is this is a, this is a good yeah, yeah. This is ecologically sound. Then you have I got another article I'm looking at here. Yeah. In Switzerland. They've devised these these little capsules. They call them suicide pods. Yeah. So in Switzerland, you can go uh, tell the doctor, "I want to get ki- I want to kill myself. I'm depressed. I'm poor. Yeah. Any excuse. Any-, any excuse, Terry. Yeah. And they'll put you. No problem. Not a problem. They'll put you in this suicide pod, and you die within one to five minutes. Uh,
1: yeah, you get to check it out like when you're healthy. I've seen the uh, advertisements. They yeah. say, "Yeah, come on and see how it fits." Go <laughs> get in there. What do you think? It's pretty comfortable, isn't it? <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm laughing too, Jesse, but I'm thinking to myself, it, "What has gone on in our world? Are we that yeah. nuts?" But again, sin makes us
0: stupid. He's stupid. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a coffin shaped suicide nice. pod that they're using over in Switzerland, <laughs> and over here north of or north of us in Canada, they tell you they do the same thing. In Canada, as of 2016, you can kill yourself exclusively for mental health reasons. You can say, I got mental illness, I'm poor, I can't make the rent, uh, I've got chronic back pain. There is there is no reason in Canada that uh, that you can offer any reason suffices for them to put you, uh, to euthanize you and, and to kill you according to the highest courts in Canada it's, uh, it's part of the law of the land now.
1: And when we come back, we're going to talk about how they make the connection that these unborn babies that you kill, So well, this is a way of res- solving a problem. Same thing with euthanasia. Oh, it's a problem. We're going to solve it by killing them. Makes no sense. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We're bringing in the uh, the 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 Catholic, uh, what I would call, internal affairs. Every single Wednesday, we have somebody from Church Militant who fills us in on, on what's going on in the church, politics and culture, and... Uh, We're happy to have you on board. Hey, my friend, what's going on? Talk to us about uh, what's uh, trending in the news today.
2: I'll tell you, Jesse, bless Easter to you both. Glad to see
0: you. Likewise, brother. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. All right, so first off, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about these dueling rulings that are going on right now, one in Texas, one in Washington, over chemical abortion. Right. And so, yeah, we, we don't know. Is probably going to end up in the Supreme Court. Don't know what exactly it's going to, what the outcome will be. But one thing that um, people, I think, are overlooking with this is they think that, oh, once, if this gets taken off the shelf, then it's just over. Like, we're, we're taking out chemical abortion. But... This is just for this drug as of right now, but there's a it's a two drug system that they do with these chemical abortions. This is mifepristone, the first one that you would take is the one that they're trying to take off the shelves right now because the FDA, you know, overlooked some of the studies it should have done. They they would never do that with any of the drugs they give us. They would never, you know, overlook things that they should have seen. You know, yeah, right. But, yeah. They, so they have. So they have that one, which they're trying to take off the shelf right now. The judge in Texas ruled that it should be off. Washington said stay. But you have the second one, which is misoprostol, which will still be on the shelves, and which is the second one that actually more induces the abortion. So we need to be praying and fighting for this one drug to get off. But work's not done there yet. There's, a, there's the second one we also need to be fighting against.
0: I, I noticed, uh, gentlemen. I noticed that whatever you want to call them, the great reset, the new world order, the globalist, these guys never go to sleep. And what I mean by that, they're always thinking of ideas on how to reduce the population or dare I say, kill as many of us as possible. If it's not with some type of an abortion drug, you know, take the jab, right. uh, you know, wars, let's get abortion, euthanasia, the le- the woke left is always thinking of ways to try to kill people and reduce the population. And that's why Pope John Paul II so perfectly described them as the culture of death.
1: Well said, Jesse. Yep. Yep. Hey, and I just want to mention uh, the drugstores that are not participating in this. Walgreens said they won't do it, CVS said they will. And I just mentioned this to all of our listeners go and practice. Preach with your wallet. Do not participate in any drugstore that's selling this drug to kill babies. And tell Walgreens, which I did over the weekend, that why I'm going there is because of your decision not to kill unborn babies through this medicine that you're not offering. So I, I just want to encourage that we have to take action spiritually and physically.
0: Yeah, somewhere down the line, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we need to build an alternate Society for Patriots, Conservatives, and People of Faith. Oh yeah! I don't know how that's going to happen. I know Gab's always talking about it. Uh, Andrew Torba, yeah. and uh, and and it makes sense to me. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to disconnect somehow from the from the woke left if we're gonna if we're gonna gain traction. But Nick, uh, what else? Uh, what else do you got on the docket there?
2: Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw, but our show the download is back. We are doing that now again, Monday oh, through good. Friday awesome. at five PM every day. So. Hour-long show, but specifically breaking down topics that are relevant and Good. giving you what's going on the Catholic angle. So, mm-hmm. to, um, so today will be the abortion topic, and, and it stems mm. from you know these rulings that we just had. So, yes. taking a, a deep dive into the abortion culture, but also just the fact that we haven't, as you know, patriots, as as conservatives, all those things, we haven't done a whole lot to improve the conditions to where, you know, we can make abortion unthinkable, unpractical for people. We, we, we've, we rightly go against abortion. We rightly say, you know, we're pro-life, taking the actions like you said, not going to the pharmacy yeah. that would support that, not going to different businesses, establishing our own small businesses to provide for those needs so we don't have to support those people who, like you said, would just want us dead. They want us dead any kind of way possible. But we need to go even further than that. And I mean, some of that involves like we should have better laws too. We should imitate countries who are, you know, being more pro-mother, more mm-hmm. pro-family and all. But yeah, we, we have to establish that too because we, while it's great to go against abortion, we have to set up means for people to be able to have families and, and live in some right. kind of good situation.
1: Yes, amen to that, Nick.
0: Yeah, Nick, uh, what else have we got on the docket, my friend? What else is trending? Yeah, yeah so the last one in, here in uh,
2: in Ferndale, Michigan, we have some people that are fighting. This is a very heavily populated, um, you know, pro-gay community, and all. We have people fighting to get that um, to get the Sacred Heart flag flying for June. What? And so that, that's that's a, that's a pretty big thing
0: happening right now here locally. Also, huh. well, you guys, the good guys are trying to get a Sacred Heart uh, flag uh, flying. Or or the bad guys are trying to do it and 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 and, and, make, it with, blas-
2: with, yeah, and, and blaspheme it. Oh no! So so pe- people here locally, Catholics here, oh, yeah. they went. They've they've asked three times now so far. Um, they we just had recently had a, a city council meeting where people went and they spoke and they were speaking out about this. You know, we want we want the uh, Sacred Heart flag during awesome. June. It's, it's the month of the Sacred Heart, awesome. standing up for their faith, being persecuted in, in the I love city council it. meeting. Yeah, we 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 had. And one and one of the ones that one of the ones that's telling is one one of the people, you know, these people are here preaching their faith, wanting this good thing. And then, of course, you get hit with the guy who comes in. You know, you guys have all this pedophilia and stuff in the church. And once you guys figure that out, then you can come tell us, you know, what we should do to accommodate you. I get
0: Unbelievable. So that was that was their their, their argument, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that that was that was one of the ones, and, and, and another one, a, a city council person themselves, who I, I um I would assume is part of that uh, is part of that lobby was was basically saying that you know if you don't find this place to be a welcoming community, it's probably because you're not a very welcoming religion. <laughs> basically, the whole like ah. you hate us, so why should we? Why should we? You know, do something for you when when you hate us and our
0: culture?
1: That's incredible. That well,
2: thank you for standing up.
1: Yeah, folks in so how does it look,
0: does it look like uh i mean so where where does the city stand with allowing you guys to have a sacred heart f- uh flag in june was after the after you guys went in there and 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 spoke your piece where's the city standing on this is there going to be a ruling or something
2: so, what, waiting to hear back on that. So, a letter is being sent, um, a more formalized letter being sent to the mayor and the city council that it, it has been asked so far three times this year. This isn't very. This is um, kind of similar to another one we, we did. A, uh, we had an article last week about in Massachusetts um, a man trying to get you know a Christian flag flying during Holy Week, and the city more or less uh, just ignoring him, and now through, um, I can't remember which which one of the big, um, which one of the big, like, uh, law firms in America that deals with these First Amendment issues is taking up his case. And so we, we may see more things like that, where people making these requests, getting denied these requests and, you know, people, cities, governments, all these things, ha- having to actually pay for it, having to, you know, it's a, it's a shame when you have to resort to legal action to get something, a constitutional right recognized, something you pay taxes for recognized by your city.
1: Nick, let me just jump in and say this is exactly what liberals have been doing for years, though. They've been pushing the button by going to these city councils, and now it's our turn to give a response and say, no, not on my watch. And they I, don't like it. Yeah, and they don't like it because now we're speaking up. And I think that, you know, if you look at it, it's time for us Christians and Catholics all together to be one voice in responding to the morality in our culture and say, let's take it back because it's a cesspool around the country right now. And I think even people in the middle know how bad things are. I really do. I think they're like, what happened? And so I think it's our time now to stand up and speak the truth about morality. And I appreciate what you guys are doing to do that.
2: Yeah, everybody, I'll, everyone yeah. wants a peaceful culture. Every Everyone wants all these good things, yeah. but somehow they want to divorce
0: that from God and his church.
1: Well said, Ed. Yeah, Ed. yeah.
2: Ed,
0: Nick? I'll tell you who seems to have uh, a lot more the, the media's ear a lot more than we do as Catholics mm-hmm. all you got to do is proclaim something transgender Oh, yeah, and uh, and you'll you'll get your day in court uh, You'll have Top microphones the- all over in front of you. If you say that you're transgender boy. Oh boy uh, You'll have the media basically uh, bowing down to you, but if you're a Catholic that wants to put up Probably the most beautiful peaceful symbol on planet Earth the sacred heart of Jesus you're going to get pushback. It's funny, the, the liberals use the word inclusivity. Yeah. Only for uh, them. They, they include, yeah, it only, it only pertains to them. When it, <laughs> when it pertains to Christianity, specifically Catholicism, there's no inclusivity. They're hypocrites. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Nick? Uh, I- and it's, it's the government as well. I mean, we, we see just recently now that the DOJ trying to give no kind of sentence, nothing to this trans person who went in, destroyed, a ch- destroyed parts of a church, defaced things, harmed people, resisted arrest. Yeah. No, you, you, you don't go to jail at all. But, you know, if if you violate the FACE Act, if you get in anyone's way, if they're trying to go in, into an abortuary, you know, you're going to jail forever.
1: Yeah. So how can people get in touch with all these? I, one more plug for, you know, your 5 o'clock show.
2: One more. Time. Yeah, so. Yeah. So come watch the download. It it airs live on YouTube and then it will be posted on it will stay posted on there. But yeah, it's it's a it's a really a deep dive into all these issues. So the intellectual side, the news side, what's actually going on there. But then what what is what does it mean for Catholics? We we had we've had episodes on so far like the financial crisis. Yes. Just all these all these banking things going on. But what does that mean for the family? Because if if nothing else, the, the finances affect us hardest the people who are trying to have the big holy families—that right. that's the people it's affecting the most. And now, mm-hmm. the the abortion issue—it's not going away. It's something to fight stronger than ever. Like, like you said, Terry, it's time to go. It's time for us to be the ones on offense. We we sat back long enough. We've been on defense. We we had a, we had a comfortable enough culture. It's still it's still a little comfortable. So at some point, people are going to suffer enough to where it's not comfortable, and they yeah. they're forced to either totally give in or stand up, but it, to go on the offense now would probably be a little less brutal to you than, than to wait around.
1: Well said. Nick from Church Militant, thanks for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse
0: Show, brother. Thanks. Wow. God bless you, guys. God bless you, too. You Jess next week,
1: brother. Yep. You're next you next week. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother?
0: Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Why is that possible? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. And don't live in a state of mortal sin. That's why Christ died 2,000 years ago uh, to put to to death the, the, the deeds of the flesh. Live in a state of sanctifying grace. Be holy or die trying. And remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Terry, take it away.
1: Well said, Jess. Remember Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's all join in and making everything a sacrifice, giving it all to our Lord, and participating in the salvific work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can save a soul by picking up a pen like the little flower said. Please join and do that each day. May God richly bless you in the octave of Easter. God love you.